All right. Uh, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thanksgiving Friday, November the 26th edition of the Alpha Mint AM show. I am your host, R2D Gen, formerly known as Clout Cobain, and I am joined with me by uh, the man with the theory that coffee runs the world, Mr. Free Market Capitalist. Hey, now. Hey, now. How is your uh, how's your morning going? How was your Thanksgiving Thursday down in America? Uh, lovely food. Was the was the name of the day? Family, of course. Uh, it's great. Uh, my partner Panushi's coming back today. We were with different family members this year, uh, so this is good. You know, I had a great time, and uh, uh, NFT market is doing its thing as as crypto. Woo! Not a good look. Yeah, a lot of people woke up this morning to um, some dire straits on uh, on the crypto <laughs> markets but uh again like um well why don't i just pull that up and then lead into it um you know looking at coin gecko uh bitcoin is down to 54000 um i have firmly lost my uh gentleman's bet with shuvang about uh bitcoin never being 56000 before 100000 so uh, i'll take a giant l on that one um ethereum not as bad as it looks. It's still up 1.2% on the week. It's down 9% in the last 24 hours, but it did have that kind of self-contained pump yesterday. So it's kind of deceiving in that, but it is holding above 4,000, which is pretty encouraging, honestly. Um, For those keeping score, we did hit 39.15 overnight. We do have a ton of support at 3,800. Um and, you know, there's a there's a funny joke going around crypto Twitter right now. Like, ooh, you just told everybody at Thanksgiving dinner to finally buy crypto. Yeah. And then they wake up the next morning to this. Well, you know, I've been talking about how we needed a sentiment reset. And so far, everyone's just been like, oh, orderly pullback. It's fine. Consolidation. That's not a sentiment reset. Maybe we're going to start to get that now. Uh, I think there's a lot of support near these price levels, especially 3800 on Ethereum. So no reason to panic uh, until there's a close, a daily close under those levels. Yeah, it is really funny, especially like coming out of COVID. A lot of people are having their first Thanksgiving in a while or like first family get together. At least that's how it was in Canada. But uh, um yeah, you know, with crypto being the kind of the talk of probably the last 10 months or whatever, anybody invested in it, you, you know, you get those questions. How are the how are the coins doing, dear? Like, um, and uh, yeah, you were probably pretty high on it yesterday. And uh, you might be getting a lot of text messages from your relatives going, I told you it was a scam. Um, but you Wake know what? Up, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at it, you know, it, it is a pretty sharp drop. Uh, it, it was quite a big dump. But when you start to zoom out on it, you know, the seven day, it's slightly below the, the rest of the lows on the seven day. 14 day, uh, it almost looks like it's trading sideways with some pretty big peaks and valleys. You go 30 day and it's, you know, it's just another one of those drops. You go 90 days and uh, it looks like everything is A-OK. So, um, you know, a little bit of perspective always is say. always in in order. I always say if if your chart looks bad, just zoom out. Yeah, that's a bit of a joke. But yeah, it's uh, the, the larger time frames are still intact. So 
this is uncomfortable, but there's no reason for panic yet. Sure. Yeah. You know what? Actually, Jack Butcher has some really good uh, uh, visualizations on on stuff like that, too, where it's really good for really, really simple images, putting things into perspective. Um, not sure if you follow him on Twitter. I don't. I'm going to drop his uh, profile in the AM show. Too. Yeah, yeah. He does a thing called visualize value. He does turn some of them into NFTs and sell them and whatnot. He's uh, <laughs> simplistic in his art, but uh, very... Um, very uh poignant um narratives on stuff so nice i like him i will drop that um moving into some news from yesterday and this morning the bank of england raises concerns over al salvador's bitcoin embrace uh again i'm going to classify this as bullish news this is a, another group of old white people that are you know hanging on to their the last thread of their wealth and they see uh change coming and they are more than happy to fud it. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much in depth you've looked into this, but again, it just seems like one of those top 10 um, regimes in terms of fiat currency kind of doing their thing to to hold on to, to the value of their currency. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, El, El Salvador is a small country in GDP terms and obviously doesn't affect, you know, global trade in any large way. But it's the contagion effect that countries who are basically global reserve currencies like the pound and, and the dollar, which is the global reserve currency, they're obviously threatened because if this contagion sweeps through smaller uh, countries, it it can obviously lead to bigger revolutions, which which do threaten the status quo. So, well, and here's this is. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Go no, I, I was just going to say this is something we want. We don't want it to be violent in terms of revolutions. We would much more want it to be seething into society seamlessly, kind of as we're doing now to the point where it's just there. Um, so. That's, you know, I, I think it's it's a good thing for, well, for crypto. Here, it, my take on this, too, is that um, there, there's going to be some legitimate concern about um, the concept of voting with your feet, right? Uh, you can you can vote for your politician in your local riding or the most powerful vote you have is voting with your feet. Um, you know, it is scary to a lot of these uh, larger developed countries that, you know, some of these other countries are, are um, adopting this as national currency because obviously so much wealth has been created in Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto in general uh, that if they don't start treating it favorably, uh, favorably. Uh, a lot of their very newly wealthy citizens may actually just leave for for greener crypto pastures, right? And that is concerning to them. And uh, you know they're they're trying to uh, to to fud the crypto before that gets out of control. But I mean, it's the cat's out of the bag already. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, money isn't created out of thin air; it's transferred from el elsewhere. And this is the largest wealth transfer from old to young in history. The baby boomer generation controls more wealth than any other generation has. They're also larger. And crypto is how the transfer is happening uh, from old to young. And that's, you know, another reason you see a lot of this backlash now that it's becoming a real threat for for governments and central banks around the world. Yeah, absolutely. I listen to a really good podcast. I think it's uh, Peter Schiff is the uh, the hardcore gold guy, right? 
Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think he embraces the personality of troll, but yes, he is. That is his well, underlying thesis. Yeah. Well. The, and that Bitcoin is trash. Uh, he was doing a, a podcast with, um, uh, Peter McCormick who was in El Salvador while they were recording it. And Peter Schiff's big thing is just like, what is Bitcoin? Nobody's using Bitcoin. Nobody wants to sell an asset. Like this is all bullshit. It's all a Ponzi. Nobody's using it. And Peter's just like, I've, I literally bought this coffee that I'm holding in my hand with Bitcoin. He goes, yeah, but that's just a coffee. He goes, no, you don't understand. Like people are using this everywhere now. He goes, no, they're not. He goes, I'm, I'm telling you, like I've, I've only transacted in Bitcoin since I've been here. Um, and it was just one of those things that like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the sentiment that gets thrown around is just simply not true. And, you know, this is, this is true for Ethereum and Bitcoin and, and crypto in general. Um, you know, it, people it, get married to narratives, right? Like back four years ago, this narrative was valid and Peter Schiff got famous on it. And once your narrative dissolves, you know, especially when it's the foundation of your online personality, it's obviously hard to break away. He should not be listened to in regards to any type of analysis for, uh, Financial advice, not that we give it, but neither it does Peter Schiff. Mm. Yep. So uh, anyways, enough enough about that. Moving on. But mm, every time one of these news stories pops up, I do feel uh, a little bit more bullish inside. <laughs> so uh, also some pretty crazy news coming out of Axie Infinity was uh, a land plot sells for a record two and a half million dollars. Um, Grayscale has valued the wider metaverse at $1 trillion. This is a, a big play. It's a Genesis plot, the largest in terms of value ever sold on uh, Axie Infinity. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, have you ever played the game? <clears throat> I've never played Axie Infinity. I, I It's... It's farming to an extent with these characters. Um, you have to own a certain character to uh, to be able to make their underlying currency, which is which is called Love Potion. Um, it was selling at a very high premium for a while, as Axie was the talk of the town a few months ago. But you know that's a relatively centralized game that uses crypto. Um, whereas now we're seeing much more decentralized on-chain gaming kind of take, uh, take the trend away, at least temporarily, but Axie's a force for a brief period. They were using more of the Ethereum network than anyone, uh, Uniswap or, or any of them, uh, combined. And I think that if you're looking at metaverse plays right now, you can see all the tokens have gotten pretty frothy. And I think we always talk about like, what is a governance token, right? It's not a share of profits. And I think people buy tokens the se- if thinking it's like a stock and it's not because you're not sharing profits with it, with the company. And I know DAOs in a sense are changing that. Uh, and it is moving in that direction. But the question is, how do you value a governance token? I think a better play at this point is probably land within these metaverses. These are going to be legitimate $100 billion companies sooner than later. What's the best way to capture that value? Um, if you're not a builder, I would think land right now. So I'm not surprised to see these very large sales because this digital real estate is going to be really in demand. 
by very large companies very soon. And we know how much they pay for conventional real estate. Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of these things that you're seeing, the purchases and uh, sandbox. Actually, I completely forgot that I saw this pop up. There was like a uh, a super yacht or something in sand that was just purchased for multi million dollars as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, like that amount of money seems like a lot. It, it, sorry, I shouldn't say it seems like a lot. It is a lot of money, but to some people, um, it is a, a drop in the bucket, and they're more than happy to pay that amount. Um, for for the flex or uh, as an investment piece or, you know, like you said, these big corporations, they'll pay money for high exposure spots. And if you think that, uh, you know, like a, a McDonald's or a Disney isn't going to buy um, a central piece of land in, in these metaverse communities, uh, I, I think you're you're sorely mistaken or we just have very different opinions on the metaverse, I guess. But uh, but yeah, that's coming. And this is a, a big signifier of of the fact that it you can't really stop this train, I don't think. 2022 is going to be a really big coming out year, I believe, for hardware. Uh, We've talked about it a lot. We know very large companies like Apple are working on augmented reality and dedicated virtual reality headsets. Uh, And whatever you think of these larger companies, we need mass-produced desirable hardware to really have these things reach their potential. And they will. And I think people buying land right now see that. Uh, I think 2022 is going to be a really big year for this. So yeah, I even saw uh, Meta is working on their haptic feedback gloves, which uh, mm-hmm. if you're unfamiliar with the term oh, cool. is uh, is a gloves that you could wear that actually kind of like lock in place so that you can you can get a sense of actual feely uh, actually feeling things in a metaverse. Um, I got to be careful what I'm doing with my hands on camera here. <laughs> <laughs> no idea uh, where I'm going with that. But um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool uh, to 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 see the hardware components of it maybe start catching up to the the realities of these. I mean, Oculus is pretty big right now, but we I know there's some companies with some really slick stuff coming next year. So I still haven't used like a legit VR headset. Like I need to. I, need I haven't to either. This. I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Facebook. I know Oculus is the best. I have been mulling whether to get one for Christmas this year, just because, you know, DCL is becoming hot. I'd love to go listen to Tropics next uh show wearing a virtual reality headset so i may bite the bullet i i just hope you don't have to like connect it to facebook or something to uh to get the thing activated we'll see uh, uh, meta. excuse me i ah, meta oh facebook meta still facebook. is the name of the company now pardon me <laughs> get it right yeah. um okay so yeah, enough about uh, Axie. We'll move on. WGMI, nothing too crazy going on there. Uh, pretty quiet day in NFTs uh, yesterday, at least on this site. I did actually forget to mention yesterday, uh, uh, or maybe I did, um, on WGMI, they're doing a free trial of their uh, their premium site for the rest of the weekend. Uh, so oh, it was, cool. yeah, I jumped in there and checked it out. It's pretty cool. I actually don't own a subscription to WGMI. Um I think it's something that I'll probably end up looking into, uh, but I don't think I'm going to jump on it right right now. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool showing you your wallet, um, showing you some of the floor uh, prices of the the traits that you have on your certain items. It's a pretty powerful tool, especially if you're uh, you're really trying to manage your your NFT portfolio in real time. So um, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would go check it out if you have any interest. Obviously, we have no affiliation with WGMI.io, but uh, it was pretty cool to, to see it. I think these tools are invaluable for traders. Um, and when you, know, when you buy and hold, there's less to think about in that respect. But if you're trading regularly, like, you know, OpenSea is very primitive. If, if, it, if you were trading stocks the way that you trade NFTs on OpenSea, it would be impossible. So these tools are, are absolutely uh, necessary if you are a trader or, or doing any type of MEV work. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, looking at the seven day change on uh, WGMI, uh, EtherOrgs having a great week up from about half an ETH to uh, 1.1 ETH, definitely on the back of the uh, the 20 ETH sale of the the Ether God or sorry, the Orc God um, and the Alpha Mint uh, Twitter spaces that we hosted that I'm going to get uploaded today uh, to share. So a uh, nice little run for them. Uh, and uh, you actually mentioned that there was some people getting quite involved in it, maybe from Axie? Uh, yeah, there was a Axie whale. He's known as the Axie whale, uh, who was buying up some high-level orcs. Right now, all the orcs that are under 2E are, are their basic orcs. Like, you, you either have to level them up, or they're leveled up as much as they can be, which is to 16 total Zug, which is also plus 12, since they make base four. Everything above that, these are orcs that earn more than that. Um, so it's obviously going to be more valuable long term. Zug's sitting at $1.50 right now. So the orc gods or the, the orcs right below them are making $40, $45 a day from each, from each uh, orc right now. Um, so those get a premium. This guy was buying up more today. The rarest non-orc gods in the game are the albinos, and they don't have any special abilities per se. They are just rare because of the albino color. Um, but they have been going for a nice price the last few days, too. One went for 5.5. Um, so this one has legs. Uh, some traders have been undercutting the floor the last day as volume sold down, as volume slowed down because they bought uh, into the pump the other day. But this is uh, this is a game that is seeing a lot of accumulation and rotation into. Yeah, uh, Ether Orcs uh, definitely has a, a long future ahead of them, and uh, they're not going away anytime soon. I think that floor is just going to continue to rise as the the game continues to roll. Um, the big uh, the big thing on the seven day change, and it's really only because uh, last Friday was when uh, Wolf Game was minting and minted out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been a, a big, big riser from, you know, the mint price of 0. 0.069 to, uh, you know, about 3.7 right now. So a great, great trade still, if that was something you got involved in. Uh, I think that's a pretty good segue into talking about Wolf Game, uh, at least the, uh, about the, the founder of Wolf Game. Yeah, well, the, the Wolf Game has been needing to do a contract migration, and it's really funny how many of these games launch, and then midway through are like, crap, we need a different type of contract to do what we want to do, so we're going to migrate, or they find a bug, or whatever it is, so Wolf Game announced a migration. Now, every migration is different uh, as far as how the company handles 
what you you know how how your nft gets changed over to the new contract for this particular situation you are going to have to go to their website chain give in your nfts change them over to the new ones and pay the gas right now I don't think any of us feel very bad for these wolf people who have all made, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on this game paying their gas. But the creator offloaded $15 million of ETH onto Coinbase uh, as a payday for himself while he's asking people who are playing his game to pay this gas. So maybe not a great look on his part. Yeah, I think that there's an element to timing these moves, right? It's in, uh, yeah, right, w- right when you're in the middle of transitioning from the one side of your game to the other, as you said, they're transitioning to a different contract, which is going to get pricey for people. And you, you know, you mentioned that a lot of people, um, are, are doing pretty well on this game. So it, it shouldn't be like a, a violin situation, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's just a tough look to say like, hey, we're doing this. You got to do this. You're going to have to switch over. It's going to cost you a bit of money, but don't worry about me. Like I got mine. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. And then kind of fuck off. I don't know. The the only umbrage we've ever taken with Wolf Game, because I think everybody in Alpha is a fan of this meta and and all these games and the art is is kind of cool, even though it's not PFPable or whatever. Our only problem has been that it... It's been a bit of an influencer pump and cash grab the whole time. And this just plays right into that whole idea that this team really is just trying to make a bunch of money off a bunch of people. And there's not there was nothing particularly revolutionary about the game. And they spent three days talking about how it was a pioneer and and all this type of stuff. So I, I'm just wondering <clears throat> whether they understood the optics of that being the narrative and then doing something like offloading $15 million while you're asking your players. You know, nobody <clears throat> nobody likes these migrations. Like whether you pay or not, people don't like, you know, you kill momentum. People get nervous because it's a lot of money. They then have to change over to a new contract. You really want it to be as smooth as possible. You, in fact, when orcs did it, we, we, we were given Zug as an example, right? And I mean, it was one Zug, which is not worth a lot at the time, but back then Zug was worth like $2,000 each or something because of, uh, it was still in the org minting phase or whatever. So, and and uh, Kaiju's ended up migrating the contract. You didn't pay anything, and you got this now extra value of this failed experiment NFT or whatever. It seems like Wolf Game went the opposite direction. The my, the migration is uncomfortable, and then they do something just optically stupid in the middle of it. No one's mad at this guy for making money and taking it off, but just, you know, think about your project, your community and the optics of your moves before you make them. Yeah. And I I have to agree fully in there. I don't care that this guy made $15 million, like great for him. That's, that's awesome. You know, launched a very, very successful project. Uh, uh, But again, like, and there will be a lot of people that be like, ah, optics, blah, blah, blah. It's all just like, it does, it does matter. I I just want to highlight the, uh, the, the tweet that you sent out and I've, I've kind of got pulled up here, but 
Um, he basically says, oh, sorry, this is just a, a random person on Twitter. So since the creator has cashed out over 15 million in ETH to their Coinbase from the project, will they be covering gas fees to claim the NFTs that people have already bought for them from them? Or should they dump more money to get NFTs just to have the rule change again? Um, I mean, it, it was, it was interesting. He, he found this transaction and uh, it was, you know, an important find. But again, I don't, I don't agree with him that like, he, he, they should have to have to have to cover people's gas fees. It would have been a very nice, um, uh, nice thing to do, I guess, but it's, it's kind of weird to obligate people into that. Um, but again, we're, we're talking about the optics. Again, and it's it's not even the optics of the act in a vacuum. It's all the stuff leading up to it. You could see players are grumpy with how many times the rules have changed and that the ground has moved from underneath them. So it's always it's never one thing. Right. It's always yeah, that's, that's true. A, right. It's yeah. a combination of things that lead to behavior and consequences that weren't necessarily expected in the I, I'm kind of forgetting answer. the I'm kind of forgetting the fact that they had to cut off the initial minting phase of uh, with wool. Uh, you know, the, the initial supply was supposed to be 50,000, which was one of the reasons why I opted to stay out of it just because, um, you know, in the in the short term trade, it was a great flip. But as you start to dump huge amounts of supply onto the market, uh, it, it might not look that way. Uh, they cut it off at 13,000 because they had an issue with their contract. And instead of being able to fix it, they just said, no, we're shutting it off now. Um, and, and with the hype this project has, suddenly a 13,000 um, supply, pro- uh, NFT supply seems a little bit more juicy. Uh, and I, that's my own fault. I'm not blaming it on them. But yeah, you're right. The rules have changed a whole bunch and they continue to do so. Um, so um yeah it, it will be it will be fun to watch where it, it ends up going in the, in the grand scheme of things like the people who got in early probably don't really care of course it's the people who saw this as the phenomena it was and bought cheap at 5e or more who are now like well are you taking this game to the next level because we just need to get even at this point right i guess it's uh if you zoom out a little bit too and go back to beanie's shilling of the uh bloot and the Beagle yeah. token, there was a pretty substantial rug that happened um, with that as well. Um, and maybe, you know, this project that Beanie's been shilling and, and the founder all of a sudden is extracting $15 million out of it kind of has shades of that, too, as I'm kind of just, you know, thinking and talking through the situation. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, anyways, Wolf Game does actually continue to, to, to roll on. Uh, I saw in the voice chat or sorry, the AM show chat, uh, whereas Omar asked what we think of the AVAX version of the game. Um, I guess somebody has ported it over to the Avalanche network and they call it fixed Avalanche fork of popular but broken wolf game. Um, <laughs> I have I, I not only was I not aware of this, I have no um, no insight into it. We don't uh, we typically stay focused on the Ethereum chain only just because it, it, it requires a full time amount of attention. Um, but, uh, if anybody else has some insight or you want to come up and talk about it on the, uh, open mic session, by all means. And, you know, just remember that if all of these are Ponzi's, all these derivatives are Ponzi's of Ponzi's, like it just gets harder and harder to, uh, to make money on these things. It, these derivatives are huge gambles. I'm actually going to talk about one that I find kind of interesting a little later in the show, but it's, 
they're they're all very very large gambles. You know, porting things over to other chains that are exact copies that reeks of Solana, which is down eighteen point two percent today. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to move on to that now? We don't have a ton more pro- um ton more conversations to have. Huh? Yeah. Uh. Sure. So. Um. Well, the there's a there's a very cool game that I thought popped up. I saw the art. It was called Kong Game, right? And I saw it because all of a sudden on Twitter it just popped up. Kaiju Kings are whitelisted for 100 spots. So, you know, this is a popular tactic of games right now uh to whitelist obviously communities that they know are reputable and are communities that like games. So this game called Kong Game was whitelisting Kaiju Kings, and I hopped over to the Discord to see what was going on, and there were a lot of big names verifying. They're currently at like 7,600 members, which honestly is a little tame for these type of games, which can like build to 20,000 in a day when the right people hype them and that type of thing. But it's kind of, a they're calling it Kongs versus Kaijus, and they don't mean Kaiju Kings. And they don't mean Cyber Kongs. They're, this is a new Kong that lives on Skull Island. And the Kaijus are bugs, which I guess is what a Kaiju is in Japanese uh, monster lore. And these bugs come to Skull Island uh, and they have a deal with the Kongs. The Kongs let them harvest food, but the Kaiju have to share 20% with the Kongs. So food is the token, F-O-O-D. Um, there just seem to be a lot of big names, uh, like sneaky ninja pants. And now I'm forgetting who else it was. I took a few screenshots. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whitelist now is Neo Tokyo, Cyber Kongs and Kaiju Kings. Uh, I believe it's all filled up for those spots. Um, but they are giving whitelist spots to people for engagement and stuff like that. And the art's kind of cool. I'll drop the Discord uh, in the AM chat. But I thought what was interesting is I think these guys are, they're taking elements of what's hot in the market right now, creating a game around it. It doesn't look completely low effort. Um, So I'm interested to see. It's a really low mint, 0.02. It is the same format as Wolf Game, like that that ramping up to 50,000 supply or whatever. So who knows if they can strike twice, you know, Lightning can strike twice with that exact same model. But their roadmap is a little different and interesting. You should actually go check it out because it's too long for me to read and I'll drop the chat there. But the art's kind of cute. Um, so that was it. Kong game. Yeah. Awesome. Hadn't, hadn't seen that yet. Um, sort of, I didn't know if I was putting you on the spot there by dropping that, but it sounds pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, I like the communities that you're, uh, you're dropping. So yeah. Yeah. I'll throw that in the chat. That's all. So yeah, for sure. AMA now. No, I'll, I mean, a couple small things. It just felt like a good segue if that's what you were uh, headed towards. Um, you were mixing it up with uh, Tropo Farmer and Shamdu on Twitter yesterday or last night, I guess. Um, yeah. You linked it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that a little bit? or? Uh, I guess I was a little triggered, so to say. Um, the it's, There was a guy who I guess is starting his own project and he seems to have, I mean, he has 17,000 followers, so he's not a, a small name himself. 
So I, I guess I'm going to read the tweet just for some context sure. and then let oh, you rip right. rip on it. Um, so this guy, 8-Bit Don, uh, Don Soprano, he's got about 19,000 or 17,000 followers on Twitter. So not a small guy, but uh, not not massive. Um, he tweeted out yesterday with a screenshot and the tweet said the NFT space was supposed to be a community that supports and nurtures promising projects with the hope that we are going to make it. Uh, seems that the, a PFP in some followers has gone to some people's head with a little crying laughing emoji. Three ETH for a tweet at Tropo Farmer with 87,000 followers. And then he goes on to say hashtag NFT community should be NFT conglomerate. Uh, he posted a private DM that he had with uh, Tropo. Uh, it's a little bit cut off. So there's a little bit of a lack of context that he's providing. But the assumption is that he's asking Tropo to to help promote his project, uh, which I haven't even really looked into, honestly. Uh, so the, the first message is Tropo says, I appreciate it, but a tweet is worth way more than one mint. And then the guy says, what do you what do you usually charge? And then Tropo responds with three ETH. And then uh, uh, 8-Bit Don responds with, that deserves a tweet itself, LMAO. I think that this uh, 8-Bit Don guy was doing a little bit of a I got you moment and trying to drum up some controversy on Twitter saying, you know, these guys are all greedy. Help me with my project. But uh, yeah, let's let's be realistic. One mint for a, a tweet from somebody with almost 100,000 followers. Uh, take it away. Yeah, I mean, that that's what kind of tri- what triggered me reading this guy's stuff is he was trying to frame this as like, people should be doing it for the space. I hate this kind of like kumbaya bullshit, especially when the guy's obviously using now this opportunity to market himself and market the, uh, the, his project or whatever, but to expect somebody like Tropo to do anything, you know, these guys understand how valuable they don't have to shill anything directly. If Tropo even followed the project, that would trigger off a lot of alerts where people would all of a sudden start paying attention to us. A, a direct tweet about it. Of course, these guys should charge for it. And, you know, there's a certain amount of risk in, in these type of things as well. So I think that it's really, uh, it was a little egregious of the guy to both expect him to do it for, and I love how Tropo framed it, a worthless mint, because come on, I mean, even if you offered him 10 mints, like there's no guarantee this project's going to mint out and do well, even if Tropo it's for it necessarily. And what are, what is a worthless mint? To him, right? So it, it it triggered me off a little bit, and I did respond saying, "I love how this guy is is you know I I can't figure out how this is for the space and not just for his wallet." Was basically kind of my response after Shamdu had also jumped in and was like, three ETH is a deal for somebody with Tropos following. He should be charging five. You're lucky you're even in his DMs." was basically Shamdu's response. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about uh, a bit uh, about the pseudonymous kind of economy that exists within NFTs. Like Tropo Farmer is that is his identity. It's not, you know john smith behind the nft like he is uh he is tropo farmer shamdu is shamdu 
Um, they've built up followings. They've built up reputation around those followings. And when you uh, are approaching these people asking for some kind of promotion, uh, those tweets, as you mentioned, come with risk, right? Uh, there's the risk that the founder uh, rugs. There's the risk that the project is just shit. There's the risk that the project gets hacked and gets scammed. And when somebody like Tropo or Mev or Shamdu, these big, big names, attach themselves to these projects – they are running a reputational risk with their name being associated with it. You know, if if this project that 8-Bit Dawn ends up doing has a Discord hack and, you know, 200 ETH are stolen, whether Tropo had anything to do with it or not, his name is still going to get mudded, right? And it, yep. it's really important to understand that in the... um you know, a transactional way that with that risk also has to come reward. And I'm sorry, but offering somebody one free mint that's really at the end of the day not going to cost you anything is is not really a good reward proposition for that reputational risk. Um, you know, three ETH sounds like a lot of money, but if if you know, if three, if he accepted three E and this project was some kind of absolute, like big, you know, disaster in the NFT space. Well, I mean, you probably kiss his reputation goodbye too. And, you know, how much potential earning power does he have uh, in the future? I mean, this guy just faced, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, angled it as uh he has a pfp and a couple followers like what the fuck who the fuck is he but let's not forget that he actually reached out and asked him to promote the project in the first place so um but i thought it was an interesting discussion i thought it was a um you know there's it does seem like a crazy amount of money to to be asking for people in in terms of promotion and whatnot but when you really kind of drill down into what promoting something means um you know the you have to be compensated appropriately. People look to Tropo for alpha, you know, whether it is we all say NFA and all that stuff. But let's be honest, when we're following large influencers in the NFT space, it's because we're hoping that they will, you know, let us know about something before other people get there. Right. That is the whole game. It's like, who's going to leak the alpha or whatever. And he knows that. And I mean, not only should he be compensated for that quid pro quo? But there's the huge reputational risk when your entire, you know, reason for being is recommending things people are kind of going to gamble on, right? So it's, it's ridiculous. This guy just comes off as, as slimy to me. I, I you know, 17,000 followers be damned. Yeah. Yeah. That one uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way too. So I'm right there with you and your response. And, um, um, well, I mean, let's see how his project does. I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, not that we are the market movers. I don't mean it in that regard, but like, I just, I haven't done any research on it and I don't even feel like bringing it to your attention. Uh, if that's the case, um, last but not least, we have the littles, the presale did jump off, uh, sometime in the last, what, 12 hours. Yes. Uh, last night. I I'm in the discord and I got the everyone ping that the presale had gone live and it hadn't been a few minutes later that a 
Uh, Alpha Mint Moon Lounge member. I don't know if he wants to be shouted out. I I think he does, uh, but I don't want to <laughs> blow his spot up. But a Alpha Mint Moon Lounge member dropped a link to the test net. So if you guys don't know what the test net is, when you're launching an NFT project, you have to know whether your contract's going to work, how it's going to look on open so all that stuff that would normally go into testing so OpenSea has a test net for projects to do this now there's obviously people snooping it constantly looking for alpha whether it's leaked metadata or you know just getting an idea of what the project's going to look like whether it's going to be any good or not so a few minutes after the pre-sale went live this leak on the test net of what seemed to be the entire Littles mint. You could see every mint that uh, I I forget how many, I think it's a 10,000 PFP project. Everyone was there and we were, I mean, everybody was going through them and picking out their favorite ones. They looked fabulous. I mean, we can't deny that. Everybody in the room was in love with them. Um, and I quickly went to Twitter to tweet out the news. I didn't put out the link or any of the leaks because I like the project. I didn't want to hurt them in any way. But it was then every, you know, after that, people were wondering, well, does the metadata link up to what was sold in the pre-sale? Because as we know, people try to see if metadata leaks early so they can snipe rares because during the, you know, the pre-reveal, they all have that one if there and it's a gamble whether you buy the rare or not well if this was a true metadata link people can figure out what they got see if they could dump and and try to buy new ones the creator of the project will commented on my thread in in technical lees which i don't understand as much i'm not a technical guy that's that's this is one way alpha mint's really valuable to me i mean i'm an nft historian and trader and i've been in for a few years but i am not a technical guy i don't know coding and that's where alpha mint really helps me out because we have so many good technically minded engineers in there who instantly know what's going on um and it seemed that it did not link to the metadata. As far as I can tell, nobody was paying up last night uh, for littles, which means nobody knew where the rares were. So I think they're sitting at a 0.5 floor now. Uh, now that we've gotten that out of the way, what a successful pre-sale. It is the hot ticket of the day. I know the public sale goes live later today. The floor is 0.5. Uh, the mint is 0.125, so you can expect the miners to take that 0.375 uh, premium from you. It looks like that's probably what they're going to be minting at this yeah, evening. Yeah, the gas is going to be crazy on it. So um, if you're getting into it, it is a maximum of two per transaction. So you're looking at about a quarter of an ETH, 0.25. Um, and I would expect that to be at least double in terms of uh, w- with the gas included. Um, so you're going to be looking at throwing yeah. a better part of an ETH at, at this project. But um, yeah, like we, we talked about this quite in depth. I think it was yesterday or sometime earlier this week. Um, we I don't want to say criticized Will, um, but, you know, we did highlight the fact that he did make that thread about what it takes to make a, a successful NFT. Uh, there was some 
some interesting um, thinking out loud that he did. He was originally thinking about pricing it at 0.25 per mint, which is really high. Um, but uh, despite all of that, it looks like this is going to mint out. I, I shouldn't say it looks like it's going to mint out. This thing is going to mint out. Uh, 5,700 of them have been minted out of, I think, 6,900 uh, total for the pre-sale. Uh, pre-sale is ending at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, and then the public sale is going live directly after, as far as I can tell. Um, and yeah, the floor did get up to as high as 0.6 on on pre-reveal and wow. sitting at 620 ETH volume already sold pre-reveal. So um, this thing is uh, no idea what the trajectory of it's going to be, but uh, it, well, it looks like I'll they get- are going to be uh, cashing in the better part of 10 to 12 million dollars, depending <laughs> depending on how ETH does over the next uh, next little bit. It was interesting because when we reported this on the show a few days ago, we did a little pearl clutching. I mean, we weren't we weren't <laughs> mad necessarily with it, but we were like, wow, you know, that yeah. is an aggressive move. But Ballsy. I said very I said very plainly, it's aggressive. I think they'll get it and I think they'll sell out. There was there was just there there was obviously something about this project that there was a there there. They weren't really telling us what. There were some hints on their Twitter the last few days that they are partnering with big projects like Kongs and Kaiju Kings. Now, what does that mean? Kongs and Kaiju Kings both have their own utility tokens. It seems, which are bananas in our waste, by the way, it seems like the the Littles is going to be an arcade metaverse where you can play different games in this arcade with your utility tokens from all these other projects. This is something I've dreamed about for a while. Like whether it's an arcade or a casino or a poker table, the idea that I could sit down with Zug or Bananas or or Chief and play like, you know, their any other type of currency is like a metaverse dream for me. This seems to, if not be the entire project, at least one amazingly interesting aspect of it. I think it's going to have legs. I don't I'm not going to predict any short term price movement. But if if you can get in for a good price on a piece you like, I think there's a lot of smoke under the surface of this project and it's going to be fire. Uh, yeah, definitely going to be something to watch and something to recap over on uh, on on the Monday show to see how that that goes down. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of big mints this weekend. To be honest, we got the Littles public sale tonight. You got Swampverse pre-sale yeah. starting tomorrow. I think it's going to last twenty-four hours. This is a really large Discord, fifty-three thousand members. I think maybe the only knock is that they've been around so long. It feels like a little bit of the hype has gone to other projects like the Littles uh, that we just mentioned. But they are uh, they are a huge discord with a very large following. I am whitelisted there. I will be minting my three. It's a 0.06 mint for 10 or 9,500 frogs. So half the price of the littles. Um, There is going to be gamification, a DAO, a token. They check all those boxes. Um, So that pre-sales tomorrow. And then Clonex, the snapshot. For those very expensive pre-sale NFTs, which we have been talking on this show about for weeks, is going to be happening starting at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time today. So if you're watching like the FIWO shoes, 
or the FIWO drip or any of those other NFTs, you may be able to watch in real time as they fall 90% as most of the bonus NFTs will be given a special uh, mint pass airdrop to their wallet. But the snapshot is happening today in a few hours and Clonex pre-sale is uh Begins the twenty seventh as well, which is tomorrow. Um, so a lot of big mints this weekend. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to talk about uh, on Monday. So it's a pretty pretty exciting time. Um, is there? I got a couple of things that I want to talk about before we go into the Q and A session. But is there anything else uh, NFT related that you want to finish off on? Oh, I think I think that was it. Yeah, a lot a lot that we ended up a talking lot. about there. Woo. So yeah, ex- yeah, exciting stuff. Um, so, yeah, I also just want to mention um, we have 50 in the audience right now. Our all time high is 52. So get a couple friends in here and let's break that. Uh, I was expecting this <laughs> to be a bit of a slower day uh, and it has not been. So I thank you all for tuning in. Um, the other thing I kind of wanted to highlight really quickly was that uh, I mentioned before that we're looking at better ways to kind of welcome some new faces into the uh, the Alpha Moon, uh, Alpha Mint Moon Lounge, uh, especially as the volume uh, has has gotten pretty crazy on the passes. Um, so for anybody new that's joining right now, I am I'm manually adding them as a, a second kind of role that says like a new Moon Lounge member. And um, what that's going to give you access to is a, a little side channel um, that is just for other people that have that role, as well as the Alpha Mint um, mods and team. So this should give you a pretty good space to uh, interact with us in a little bit more of a, a quiet space. The DGen Dojo does kind of pick up in, in volume as members are awake and uh, it can be hard to keep <laughs> up with and things kind of get uh, messy. Also, with uh, a lot of like the Discord hacks and stuff that's happening, uh, DMs can be a little bit dodgy to to deal with for for you and for us. Uh, so we we thought the best course of action was going to be making a uh, a little side room for for you all. Uh, so if you look in the Alpha Mint Moon Lounge uh, category on the left, there's going to be new lounge members. Um, please feel free to take advantage of that. You can ask any any questions you want about Alpha Mint, uh, NFTs, uh, even just kind of engage with some other newer members and kind of get your your footing. You do, of course, have access to everything that you've uh, you've bought when you've purchased the 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 pass. So feel free to jump into the dojo as well, or you know the project chats. Um, I'm also going to be working on today some some new videos for you guys to kind of highlight where to go, um, what you're looking for. Uh, it could be pretty overwhelming. There's a lot of different channels. It's, it's it's straightforward once you learn it all, but the learning curve is there. So we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you get the most out of your pass. It was kind of funny because um, over the past two days, the, the volume on the passes did kind of slow down. And uh, we only had a couple of people sign up in over the span of about 48 hours. And, you know, I, I don't want to say it was a relief, but there was kind of part of us that was just like, OK, we can kind of like, let's catch our footing now. Let's get all of this, uh, this done up and, and make sure that we're we're handling it properly and then i woke up this morning and we had sold almost 20 more passes um and this was just like overnight while i was asleep so that's that's very exciting and we appreciate the that everybody has found their way here um but again we released we released uh 111 passes was it last week on sunday yeah on sunday and there are as of now 42 passes left uh the number of life as we know from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there are 42 left. Our uh, our uh, our, our listener base is probably too young to even <laughs> get that reference. Get that. 42. Um, 42. 
guys. I'm just a little bit of a correction. There's actually only 20 left, uh, which is out, <laughs> outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Look no, seriously. We sold 20 while I was making that. <laughs> no, but yeah, so the 20 left um, for anybody that's listening, that's worried uh, that they might not get in. Uh, this is only our second wave. Uh, we do have a total of 1,111 passes that will be available. So we're only at 222 um created right now so there is going to be a lot we do like to take just a little bit of a breather in between waves so that we can make sure that we're delivering all of the value that we need to to the community that has already jumped on board but i promise you there will be lots of time to join up if you are worried about that and um there was a, there was a lot of people to actually talking about a gas war when we when we launched our uh, our, our mint passes on sunday i i could assure you as as much you as that's you're very flattering to us but we're not moving that much weight right Right now so don't uh don't worry about that whatsoever but yeah a very very exciting time for for alpha mint and for us so you know from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much for for being here with us um yeah. i also kind of just had a call to action to try and get us all time high of uh 52 and uh people actually left after i it? said that so <laughs> thank you so month. much you uh, assholes no um <laughs> With that being said, uh, we will open it up to the Q&A session now. If you want to jump up and talk about anything that we discussed, anything you're looking forward to, just saying hi. Uh, always happy to do that. Uh, and uh, a regular guest that we have up here now is uh, is Cass. So GM Cass. Good morning, sir, Cass. Morrow, well, well, sirs. How are you now on this wonderful after Thanksgiving morning? Yeah, we're doing Amazing. good. Amazing. Yeah, feeling great. No, no, that's good, man. No, I'm a little bit annoyed. <gasps> I was a little bit annoyed to be fair. Yeah, with with not with you guys, but with um, with oh, just information that you guys. No, never you guys. Never. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, yeah, oh, like, no. we, we had such a good conversation yesterday, and <laughs> <laughs> no, it was never that. Um, no, it was just what you were saying in regards of the little and um, what. They what you perceive them to do, which has kind of done my nothing really, because the project that I'm working on or having to kind of relive or revamp or whatever the we come doing with it, um, that was the idea and concept. A bit more, but that was the idea and concept, and it's done my nothing because what we've been doing is collecting all these gaming NFTs, both P two P two P and PVP. Uh, and then create that because I, I gather in about a year's time or two years time, these NFTs that the first gaming NFTs or the first batch of gaming NFTs or the first batch of anything else, uh, is going to be really, really expensive for everyone or the masses to get into. So it was a way of using our tokens to, um, to allow our users to play their games. Um, but yeah, like, Oh, that sounds really yeah. cool. We'll have to. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I like I said, that's been a dream of mine uh, since utility tokens have been introduced. As a former online poker player, as the majority of my time, that was instantly where my mind went. I'm like, wait a minute, poker games in DCL using my utility using Zug. This is it. This is a dream. Well, this is it because we we ended up buying a whole heap of stuff like. Um, we bought Sherba recently because of the whole casino aspect of it, and it was a cheap entry in. Uh, yeah. We bought um, CMY Cat um, because, again, I think later on down the line, they, they could make a nice movement. 
Um, because I, I think I think the problem with CMY cats is everyone's just too um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they just expect Rome to be built in a day. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's with them. Um, Zugs, not Zugs, um, the Ether Orcs because first ever online blockchain, hundred percent. Which I've got to thank you guys for introducing me to. Um, but yeah, we've been collecting these games, and also we we bought three, three or four little yesterday to actually incorporate. With oh, nice. What doing. Very nice. Yeah, so we managed we managed to get out zero point four. Zero point mm-hmm. yeah, zero point four. I think it went down to about zero point three um last night. Um but didn't get hold of it because someone put way too much gas on it. And um yeah. Yeah, so a little bit annoyed, but hey, that's life. Um <laughs> there's oh yeah, plenty of Yeah. It just means you just have to work harder, innit? Um, I liked how you called uh, the Ether Orcs the Zugs, though. Like, I'm thinking of like some kind of like sitcom or movie that's like meet 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 the Zugs, which is like a uh, orc, oh orc family so or something. Potential here, I'm telling you. Yeah, we. I think we. Uh, I think we need to pitch a, uh, a a YouTube show or something with uh with the orc orc team for uh, like a meet the Zugs. No question. Uh, another thing as well with the VR headsets. Um, yeah, you're right. I do believe that hardware is going to be the big thing for 2022. Yeah. And um, I don't really see, I don't really see sandbox stopping. Decentraland, 50, um, Decentraland just reminds me of Pepsi, where, yeah, sandbox just reminds me of Coca-Cola. Um, and there's just yeah. way too many people jumping into sandbox at the moment. Way too yeah. many. I mean, we bought Ireland. We bought Ireland, I think it was about two ETH. Mm-hmm to the Kongs. You know, the Kongs were out on the map. We managed to get it for two ETH and someone offered us, I think it was about nine ETH the other day for it. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, nice. So, but we did, we're holding on to it because we believe that late, when everything that our vision comes to play, they're going to be worth silly money. Silly money. I think, uh, I think anytime, anytime something becomes the hot trend like this, and I think, you know, Facebook changing to meta and the metaverse being the topic of conversation, years of gains are going to be pulled forward into these names. We see we see it in every sector or in every market that once the public understands the potential of an idea, they get too excited and they pull a ton of the games forward. And this is uh, gains forward and this is obviously happening now in the metaverse plays like like dcl like mana and like sand but if you have a long-term view on these things and i really think it could be beneficial too because these are new paradigms right these aren't short-term trends and if you have a long-term view i think you can sit here and hold these things but certainly we are developing froth in the idea of what is this metaverse, especially since we're so early. I mean, these are the early days of the web, you know, 1992, 1993, that type of uh, that type of thing. So, I'm sorry, I was, I was muted. No, I just wanted to. Oh, go. Yeah, please, Casco. I was just going to be in the group. I think I've watched too many Wreck-It, too many, too many, I've watched Wreck-It Ralph, uh, <laughs> yes. and Ready Player One, waiting, and I'm kind of, kind of putting my head towards that, I think, but. Hell yeah. I still haven't show. seen Ready Player that's One. Fun. I think that's also one of those ones I have to watch. Have you, oh, dude, you have to, 
Penny would just drop. <laughs> no, it's great, but Wreck It Ralph is a fabulous example too. I mean, if that didn't hit every nostalgic sweet spot and basically put what, what we think of the metaverse like into an actual working prototype with this movie. If you haven't seen Wreck-It Ralph, it's a Disney movie. Go watch it this weekend. It's on all the streaming services. Uh, it's, it, it is what I think the gaming metaverse can be very soon. Yeah, I actually did look for Ready Player One um, on a streaming service the other day, and at least in Canada, uh, I couldn't find it. Um, so I'll have to wait for that to come out, or maybe I'll just bite the bullet and rent it or buy it on Prime. But uh, yeah, it looks <gasps> cool. Oh, is that? Oh, <laughs> I'm just no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really, really quickly wanted to jump back to a question that uh, Shubang asked in the AM show chat about the uh, the metaverse. Um, you know, and why we think that this stuff has value when uh, these big companies could just build their own metaverse, right? And it, it, I mean, it's a it's right. a valid point. It's a valid question. I think that that's something that Facebook uh, or or now Meta, I guess, is looking to do. Um, but you know, I kind of liken these things to. Uh, cities. I mean, I know that they kind of are virtual cities, but, you know, uh, Pepsi or Coke is kind of cast brought up that, you know, they're not starting their own cities to onboard uh, their drinkers into. Right. But they will yeah. happily buy a uh, video screen or billboard space in Times Square to uh, to to throw that in everybody's face. So I think that this is just, you know, big companies are just going to where all of the people are. Uh, so if they're in sand, if they're in Decentraland or or if they're in whatever meta ends up coming out with, you know, that land and that real estate within there is going to be valuable uh, in the same way that, you know, Los Angeles and Chicago and Toronto and, and London, England and and all of that have very valuable real estate because that's just the desirable place and where, you know, people have decided that that's where they want to congregate. Right. And I'm not sure normies are ever going to pay. Like, I don't think Steve Cohen is ever going to pay $10 million for a rare Pepe. But I do think rare Pepe's are always going to be worth $10 million or whatever the inflation rate is, you know, whatever in the future. And there are just certain assets that are always going to be appealing to crypto specific crypto native people. And that's why I think these things could retain value. We've created the largest wealth transfer in history. I expect crypto people to stay worldly and wealthy for a very long time. And that's why I think things like DCL and Sand will have legs. It's first mover advantage with the builders, right? The reason I think Apple has always been successful is because Apple was the tool that builders used, right? Movies and uh, graphic design and all that stuff. A lot of it tended to be on Macs. I know it's changed now. I'm talking about why Apple originally was who they were. It tended to be where builders were and people follow the builders. You know, they, they want to emulate these people that they look up to, whether it's, you know, entertainment or, or, uh, building and design. And that's why I think that DCL and sand can be successful. They're important to the people who build and the people who build are important to the masses. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other like kind of thing to remember is, you know, there, there are people like crypto native people that, uh, you know, 
threw $10,000 into the Ethereum ICO, right? Which, and, you know, depending on how many sold or, or peeled off, uh, you're, you're looking at like nine figures of wealth. Like we're talking in the hundreds of millions of dollars worth of wealth that's created. And when you're in that kind of situation where the, the upsized returns are, or the outsized returns are so astronomical and, and you're in that upper echelon of wealth class, all of a sudden, um, you know, a one or $2 million or a $10 million asset. And it is an asset um, is, is pretty palatable. Um, especially as we get into the realm of being able to collateralize these and take out real world loans against them. Uh, there is nothing, nothing wrong with a, a $10 million piece of land in Decentraland. You know, honestly. and if it goes to zero for them, it, I, I hate to say that it's not a big deal, but for, for somebody like that, that's able to drop that kind of, uh, drop that kind of um, money or crypto on something, it's not going to be the end of their world. Right. And, you know, we hear all the time uh, statements like mint LeBron James rookie card worth $1 million. It's only worth $1 million to a few hundred people on the planet. And that's never going to change, right? It's not worth a million dollars to the masses. And it's the same thing here. This this digital land isn't ever going to be worth that much to most people, but it will to the people who matter, who have a lot of money, who are very wealthy, and I think will continue to get wealthier as well. Sure. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, a fascinating topic that uh, we could go on for probably days about and, you know, where it came from, where it's going and, uh, you know, wh- how far along we think we are in it. But uh, I think we'll save that for a whole probably show or something at some point. I've started making a list, actually, of of things that I think we could do uh, really cool um, podcast style stuff on it. I know that you've been kind of thinking about it too. So, uh, lots more to come in terms of that. Uh, if anybody else wants to throw their hand up and jump up onto the stage, let me know. We'll probably chat for another five, 10 minutes if anybody wants to come up. And if not, that is okay too. Um, but yeah, it peaked at just over 50, 50 listeners today. That's super exciting. And like I said, I thought today was going to be, uh, Maybe a bit of a snoozer as people kind of, you know, are, are food comatose. Uh, I, you know, I shouldn't pretend like uh, America or North America is the only place in the world. Um, I, I wish they could have charted the NFT market over what I think was travel time and downtime for Thanksgiving. Because if you look at it, right, it had been steadily going down as everybody was traveling home to whatever destination they were going to for Thanksgiving. Everyone got home. They settled in, they kissed their parents, they went to their childhood room, they opened their laptop, they logged on to OpenSea. We saw a lot of volume and a lot of projects all of a sudden last night as people are in their hometowns and had nothing to do. The next day, it's Thanksgiving. There's really, no one could be at their computers, you gotta go hang out with the fam and volume died on a few projects until we got to the Littles, which is a very hype drop. Thanksgiving dinner was over. Everybody locked on again. And now we have the long weekend with all these high profile drops. Everybody relaxing on vacation. Nothing to do. I think um, you could chart that right over the NFT market and see the peaks and troughs based on that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I you know I, I, seeing this this market in this space over a multi year period, um, long weekends tend to have 
a bit of a dip. I'm not saying like it's always a tradable dip or anything like that. And it's, you know, not 100% of the time. But yeah, as people start to kind of move away from their computers, uh, you know, there needs to be a constant buy pressure in terms of volume to kind of keep prices up, right? And then, you know, um, waking up this morning to those kind of drops in volume and drop in in price did not surprise me in the least, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think later tonight and then tomorrow, I think we're going to go live voice chat for the Littles Mint. Oh, yeah, let's do it. A lot of people are going to want help with gas uh, during that mint. Scott posted a really, I think it was Scott, don't quote me, posted a really helpful thread in the DGen Dojo last night about how to change your max uh, fees and your prio fees and the best way to approach a gas war. So if Scott will post that again, if not, I will find it. I'll even post it in the general uh, for anybody. And we will go voice chat in the moon lounge uh, for the littles drop and then swamp verse uh, as well. It's only the pre-sale tomorrow. Um, but those are the two kind of hot public drops this weekend that if people out there want help with getting into their first gas war, uh, we'll go live on voice chat for that. Yeah, that's really exciting, and it should be really helpful for anybody that's uh, newer to minting. And and um, you know, we haven't seen a ton of gas wars in the last uh, last couple of weeks. There have been some, but uh, yeah, it it is um, it is very important to know what you're getting into when you're starting to trying to mint these really really high highly hyped projects. Because uh, you know, if you if if you're not willing to jam on the gas a little bit, then it's probably more advisable that you even just pick up on secondary and pay the premium yeah. rather than just mm-hmm. uh, you know potentially losing gas and uh, walking away empty-handed, right? Um, yeah. Again, that's that's your own risk tolerance and your own call, but uh, helping helping to to walk you through this process and and the kind of the pros and cons of doing each are uh, are are highly advised. And and honestly, this is why you see um, secondary sales pre-reveal like between the pre-sale and the, uh, the main sale is just because um, there are people that don't want to get into a gas war. There are people that want to load up on these even more than just the two per transaction, because I don't know, it's going to be hard for anybody with the hype that this has to get more than one transaction. in. it's probably going to sell out in, within a couple blocks. Right. And uh, so, yeah, you know, unless you're you're doing it from multiple wallets at the same time, which runs its own risks. Um, yeah, like, you know, there, there's a reason why that premium is being paid right now when the mint is still looming. Right. And it is for, uh, you know, pretty much an, uh, yeah, uh, an amalgamation of all of those reasons. Yeah, this is without a question going to be the first gas war uh, of recent memory, at least for a high profile drop versus these tiny like gen art uh, or random things that happen. Uh, but yeah, and then Swampverse, I'm not sure if it'll be a gas war. I don't know where the hype train is on that one anymore, even though they have a really, really large discord. And then Clonex is a Dutch auction. Um, so that one won't be as intense, but anyone getting in on that one, I'm not sure if it's going to be a great trade. We'll have to analyze that one. I want to see what the pre-sales do. Um, we'll see if those pre-sales get up to four or five E, which is what the uh, qualifying NFTs were implying uh, as we sit here pre-snapshot. So there could be some good voice chats this weekend. Uh, yeah. You should hop on and participate. 
just as kind of like um, a little conversation while we're going to wrap up the show, like if the presale is sitting at four or five on the four or five ETH on the secondary and the Dutch auction starts at three, ETH, it'll really be interesting to see um, if, if it sells out in that, in that first round too. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll give, I'll give a prediction that you should take with a grain of salt and not use as financial advice, but I think it's going to mint out between two and 1.5 somewhere in there. And I do think that uh, during the two days of pre-reveal, it can get up to five or six ETH uh, each. I think I think people are going to be surprised at the mainstream hype that starts to build for these things uh, over the weekend from people who aren't uh, in the NFT space. These guys have been quiet and coy, and I believe there are reasons for that. Where did Mecca end up falling pre-sale? That, that uh, pre-reveal story, that got up to what, nine? 6.5. I don't know if the floor was nine. If it was, wow. And that's why It was pre-reveal though, right? Yeah, pre-reveal, right. Yeah. And that's why I do believe these could get up to six as well. Wow. Nine ETH floor on Mecca pre-reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wild. Wow. I told, you know, people don't understand the pull uh, Artifact has and Artifact doesn't talk about it. So I'm not surprised. Like the only reason there seems like there's hype Especially if you're in the moon lounge, is because you have me and and the K- young king Tropics, uh, who's a mod there, constantly talking about it. But we'll see. I, I do think this is going to be a special drop. I, I hope it works out for my sake and anyone else who is uh, financially tied to to Clonex. So before we wrap this up, I just have one final question um, for you. Have you been speaking to your lawyer recently? <laughs> my lawyer. No, you've just uh, dropped the not financial advice multiple times this show. And oh. It's a stark contrast to the um, the normal, like, I'm calling it right now. Clonex is going okay. to 18. So, <laughs> here's my quick story on that, right? I am at 1,999 followers on Twitter right now. So if anyone listening wants to be 2,000, go for it. But are you really? Eh? I yeah, I have been on Twitter for 10 years. And oh, you just hit it. Congratulations. Live on you. the show, 2,000 <laughs> followers for free market, doubling the, li- the, the first 10 years of your uh, existence <laughs> on Twitter in a mere month. Right. Well, I've been talking futures like S&P futures on Twitter for years and stocks as well. And like. NFA has obviously been a part of FinTwit long before it was a part of crypto Twitter. And it's like you end up saying it so much. I ended up making a thread one year. I completely forgot about like I'm always talking my bags. Nothing I ever say should be like I shouldn't have to say that after every goddamn statement I make. Always assume nothing anybody ever says is financial advice. I know there are legal reasons you have to say it, but it it would get annoying after a while. Like you followed me on Twitter for years. You understand I'm just going through what goes through my head as I trade markets. I'm not making financial advice for anybody out there. That's all. So thank you. Mic drop. Congrats. Hey, congrats on 2K, man. I have. Thanks. I have no, I have no doubt that you'll be at uh, 5K with the quality of your tweets. And, uh, oh God, honestly, like I could see you doing it by the end of the year. If I'm being honest with you. Thank you, sir. Especially when uh, you're getting the knocks from uh, Tropo and Shamdu and you're getting in there with them too. So, um, (laughs) 
Yeah, man. I actually, let's see. I've, I think I was uh, just under, I'm at 498. So if, <laughs> if my own shameless shell, if anyone wants to get me to 500. Are you kidding? You know how long it took me to get to 500 uh, before, uh, you know, yeah. long, long ago. That's very impressive, sir. Uh, I started only, um, only, oh, I don't know. When did I, when did I start on NFTs? Maybe two months ago? All of us near round numbers, uh, that Star Wolves account that I keep getting notification tweets from, uh, looks like it's near a round number too, huh? 8,000. Yeah. Hey, we, you know, I should do a little drop your Twitter thread in, um, in, in <laughs> yeah. no, honestly, in the Moon Lounge and uh, have everybody do some following. So maybe we'll do that. Um, anyways, uh, we can wrap it up from there. I'll get the recording up on YouTube and Spotify, uh, and Apple podcasts as soon as possible. And you guys can listen if you tuned in late or if you miss any shows, obviously they are all there and be on the lookout for our, um, our interview that we did with the, uh, bad bunnies and the, um, uh, the Etherorg team uh, on Wednesday night that is going up today as well. So if any of you missed that great listens, um, no, definitely not trying to be biased there, but uh, great conversations we had with them. So anything you want to leave us with? Uh, happy holidays. Good luck at the tables. Big day, everybody. Littles tonight. We'll see you later. Yeah. Happy holidays. Thanksgiving. And we'll do it again on Monday. Cheers, guys.